I'm JB. And I'm Doug. And, and we, we are your Kraken Captains. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Kraken Captains podcast. Well, geez, Doug, this is a hot and cold team right now. Uh, that Ranger game we witnessed was a real stinker, um, but they grind out a win against Detroit. Beautiful win. Then they go into Carolina and look every bit the team we expect for 40 minutes. And then decide to give the game away and lose a heartbreaker with nine seconds left in OT, wasting a beautiful effort by Joey Decord, which we can touch on later, but he got three starts in a row, so we'll talk about that. Okay, so Joey Decord stopped 45 shots, which is a cracking record. We'll we'll break it down and and you know, we did, I think, satisfy some some questions on the road trip. And we found a way to get five out of a possible eight points. Um, but we'll break it down. But I have some concerns, Doug. What about you? I have. I also have con- some concerns, definitely, watching this team. Uh, I mean, Joey Decord has been just a, an absolute brick wall on net. Uh, but they beat the Predators. They beat the Lightning in overtime. They lost three to two. To the Panthers, so a little success in the South. Right. Joey Decord, he's flexing out there. He's looking real good. It's hard to see the injuries, right? We saw Tanev take a hit and leave the game. Berkey also left a game early and is expected to miss six to eight weeks with an upper body injury. Yeah. Right now, as of this recording, the Kraken are four, five, and two, putting them right at the lower end of the middle of our division. You can see every game is a battle for these guys. The team is playing with some grit, some fortitude. When they win, the points are coming from all over the roster. When they lose, it's usually not by much. Right. Some close some close games for sure. And I'm going to go out on a limb here for the first time in hockey history. I'm going to predict that the Kraken are going to win the next three out of four of their games on their schedule. Wow. It's a hot take, but I think they're going to beat Calgary and Arizona, and then after that they have Colorado and Edmonton. I think they're going to win one of those. Not sure which one, but that's that's a hot take. That's my prediction for the week. What say you, JB? Well, I like that. I mean, if they do that, I'll be every bit impressed. Um, not that I doubt them, but Edmonton you know, has always played us tough. Maybe McDavid's out, but Evander Kane I, is like our kryptonite. So that's true. Um, that's a tough one. Colorado's a tough out at home, and if they play hockey and and they don't try to fight the Avalanche the whole time, maybe. Um, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm ever the optimist, so I'm gonna say that's a good call. I think they beat Arizona. I think they beat Calgary, and then. They gotta find a way to win one of those games. I think if they if they win those two games, then they got the momentum, and then I think they're gonna win one of the two. One well, of those two. and I think this 
Nashville game that they just played, you know, depending on what happens tomorrow night, you know, I when think they, that, when they play Calgary, when they play Calgary, I mean, I think Absolutely. it's a really good stepping stone. I liked what I saw in the Nashville game. So yeah, I'm going with you. Beat Calgary, beat Arizona, and then steal one. Nice. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Cool. And we, we saw, we saw Tanev in practice. Yeah, so that's a cool update. Yeah, he's in a red Don Cocktail jersey, right? So it's still a little bit of time, but he's on the ice. So that's good to see. Maybe in one of those next four games we'll see him. We'll see. Right. Well, when it gets closer, we can talk about who's sitting. Probably Devin Shore. But, you know, once Burakovsky comes back, then it's like a whole, like, who's it going to (laughs) be? Anyway. Switching it up in the roster. We better uh, we better get into the maelstrom. Maelstrom. The maelstrom. The maelstrom. Maelstrom. The maelstrom. Okay, we got to kick it off with the three stars. I'll start with the third star, and this group of stars is really uh, about leadership. It's the core. Uh, yeah, we let's face it. It hasn't been a very good start to the season. We've had it's some big injuries. You know, you can argue Tanev, but I think he's big energy-wise. And Burakovsky is supposed to be, you know, one I of mean, our top on. goal scorers, right? You know, yep. point getters. So it's it's been rough. I think no one will, you know, deny that. But these three guys have been putting in the work and doing what they're supposed to do. And showing that good leadership. And it starts with third star Yanni Gord. Um, the Pepper Pot. There's not the Pepper Pot. The Pepper know, Pot. There's not a lot there if you look at the stat sheet. It's just two goals and two assists. But he's grinding those minutes out, frustrating people. I mean, he got kicked out of the New York Rangers game for defending one and of his teammates. You could see that they were just getting irritated with him. I mean, yeah. we were there, so it's it's tough to watch the game without uh, the play-by-play, right? Yeah. Like it's it's you could see a lot more if you're watching it on TV. When right. you're standing there, I mean, I did see a player on the Rangers bench take a swing at him when he was on the ice. That's it's, just not acceptable. Right, and so right? yeah, somebody so grabbed everything, him. Everything that happened, everything that happened after that was all after the whistle. So you can't really call penalties for that stuff. It's really, it's what happens before the whistle. Right. And you know what I mean? It's 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 tough to say without really Yeah. being but right there on the ice, you know what I mean? He leads the team in penalty minutes with 16, which I'm sure a lot of it was that game misconduct, but he he's just in the he right had place. A couple, he had, he's had a few penalties. Yeah, he's working hard on the penalty kill, power play, and I think without him like he's stepped up his game to kind of replace that energy that we've lost from Tanev and he's doing a heck Absolutely. of a job and he had a, he's bringing it a beautiful assist last night to McCann on a breakaway chance. So it's awesome. So it's anyway, totally awesome. I mean, you watch these guys play. It's like, yeah. it's just amazing. I hope he plays here for another 20 years. And they were saying that in Tampa Bay too, believe me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Doug. All right. So, Second star, we've got Jaden Schwartz. He's got nine points in 11 games. He's another one of these guys. Every single game you watch him play, you're just like, God 
dang, that guy is just bringing it. The ageless wonder. Yeah, he's got points in in the last five games. He's on a streak right now. Yep. And you can see every time you watch this team, you can see him in the play. And that's why number 17 gets the second star this episode. May the Schwartz be with you, JB, and also with you, Kraken fans. Totally. I mean, it amazes me what he does, you know, on the ice. And he's just always, it always seems to be in the right place. And when you need like a power play goal, the, right place. the pass comes right across, you know, and he's got the shot for it too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Cheers to him and, and all that hard work that he's doing to, to bring these boys up headed into the, the rest of the season. And then of course your yeah, first star. Presence. Yeah, totally. First star. You may have guessed it. You may not know it, but it's McCann. Uh, he's my man. Mo- yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pastor Kenner. Uh, he's moved in with some new line mates, and that seems to have worked for him. He's on a line with Gord and Tolvanen now, but he's just clutch. Uh, losing Burkowski and that scoring potential was uh, looking to be pretty devastating, but he's really come through. Leads the team with six goals, and th- like I said, they're just clutch year goals. after year. Yeah, he, year after year. Yeah, he scored the goal in Detroit that sent the game into overtime after they let Detroit come back. And then he assisted, along with Vince Dunn, on that beauty that Eberly scored in OT to win the game. And that was a dish right there that he sent to Ebbs uh, when he could have shot it. You got to bring honorable mention to Jordan Eberly into this three stars. Sure, for, for that for goal. That overtime winner. Yeah, for the oh, overtime yeah. winner. Dude, Hero the, of the day. He got the he got the kiss from Pastor Canner. You could just tell he was like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, he scored the OT winner in Tampa. Um, so he's doing what leaders do, and he's leading this team, you know, with his play. And yeah, Jared McCann is just—he's bringing it this year. Uh, yeah, making year Ron year, Francis look like a genius for being, you know the first player that the Kraken, Kraken extended. So uh, that's that's McCann for the yeah, gotta first love it. star. Gotta love it. Well, I guess uh, after that, we'll get into breaking down these uh, last few games. A slate of games. Uh, starting with the Rangers game. Coming off a big 7-4 victory over the Carolina Hurricanes, the Kraken hosted the Rangers on October 21st. They came out strong, setting the tone as Justin Schultz scores a huge slapper. But then it was all Rangers. Panarin tied it in the first. They scored two more in the second and then one more in the third. Tempers flared as McCann fought Vincent Trocek. Yanni Gord was ejected at the end of the game. There were three Rangers in the box at one time. It was chaos. Not really what you'd expect to see at a cracking game in my opinion. Yeah, this one was a, a huge concern for me. Uh, it was not cracking hockey, and they really fell apart, and it felt like maybe for the first time, except for during the first season when you could tell there were a bunch of players that didn't want to be there, that, you know, they're not, like, playing cracking hockey. They were just out there seeing red. It was kind of wild, you know, and getting It was kind of wild. Yeah, now let's be to be fair, the the whole game was a little weird. The lights weren't working and they were switching yeah. side yeah. to side, you know. 
Uh, so they they were each playing like half of the period. Yeah, they played they played ten minutes each period before the teams switched sides because just one corner of the ice wasn't as lit up as the rest because they couldn't get the lights working in the in the greenhouse. In the greenhouse, man. Yeah, that was crazy. That was wild. So you know some of that, but but if I see that sort of stuff continue to creep in, it's gonna continue to be a big red flag for me about where this team is going. So um, I think Hackstalls and the staff are going to do a good job of nipping that in the bud and being like, that's not Yeah, you have to. Game. There's only – like, it's it's one thing to to play, play the mind games, right, in hockey where the players are out there, you know, trying to get under each other's skin, right? right? It's a psychological game. But once it starts breaking down into – all that where people are just getting cross-checked you know what i mean guys are just going into the penalty box yanni gord gets ejected all this yeah that's not what yeah doing. well and you think about it i mean we had an opportunity to come back in that game in the third period and mccann I, goes and gets in a fight and you're like okay so we're taking our top goal scorer our top playmaker and putting him in the box for five minutes like what's going on you know, is it is that really what we need to be doing? Right. Not sure. No. I, I wasn't at ice level, and maybe it galvanized the team moving forward, but at the time, it didn't really look like it to me. So I would like to put that game in the past, but there, yeah, there will be... Yeah, let's l- just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you make me bring it back up, Kraken. For real. All right, next game, Detroit. Um, You know... Things just don't look easy for this team right now, and that played out in Detroit. Um, Sprong, who's over there now, made his presence known right away with an assist to open the scoring for Detroit in the second period. But Schwartz, oh, may the Schwartz be with you. Two unanswered goals, uh, one coming on the power play, and then Ty Cartier finishes the first period party. Uh, with his second goal of the season with an apple from Dumoulin. And remember that name. It's going to be coming up more. Uh, and the Kraken end the, the period up 3-1. to one. But in the third, they allowed Detroit to score three unanswered goals. And it looks like they were going to steal that game until McCann played the hero and scored that power play goal of his own to send it to OT. And then, as you know, assisted on that Everly goal and got that much needed win uh, to start uh, things off. the flavor. Yeah, starting <laughs> off the road trip. And that was the first of three starts for Joey Decord. And I think this game, I honestly think this is where the team kind of turned a corner at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Because they started out with that road trip and it was like loss, 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 loss. Right. Yeah. Right. And they lost. I think they lost three in a row. They might have won one in there. And they got an they OT. Been, they got an OT whatever. loss. So they, yeah. they secured one point. Yeah, point. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So so when they beat the Hurricanes at home, they like finally got a win. They were stoked, and then they struggled against the Rangers. And once the Rangers kind of like got them on their heels. They started getting like 
frustrated. You can see it. Right? Yeah, this the Kraken don't play well on their heels. They need to be skating mm -hmm. downhill. Mm -mm. And then coming around the corner when they beat Detroit, they just started looking good. Because in Carolina, Joey Decord stepped up in the net, making the 45 saves. Yeah, they lost in overtime, but I mean, you can see them. You can see them starting to come up with the resilience, right? Yeah. 45 saves. He had a higher save percentage than the Hurricanes goalie in this game. And we still managed to lose in overtime. But Bjorkstrand and Devin Shore both put up goals early. Shorezy. Yeah, and Carolina tied it up in the third, and then they got one pass, Joe, in OT. Big frowns, but but after that, it wasn't looking so bad. Yeah, I mean, they definitely played with more chutzpah, you know, and, and they're I think they're, yeah. they're finding their feet. And, you know, same thing with the Panthers game. McCann stays hot, and he, you know, moved to that line with Gordon Tolvanen, and he... Gets an apple from Gordon Borgen to start the scoring in that game. Halfway through the second, Tolvanen made it 2-0. So you're you're up two, you know, and, and you just have to hold on. But it's kind of like that Carolina game. You could just feel Florida, like, pouring it on. And they just couldn't weather it, you know. And Florida scored. They've got, a, they've got an aggressive team. Yeah. Kachuk, Kachuk and everything, you know. Yeah. This, but the one thing I'll say about this is, you know, they lost this game in a bitter battle, and it was close in the end. But it's a trend that continued into the next game. The Kraken lost two goal leads in four games in a row, this being the third of four. And so, you know, that's why it's like these overtime wins that we're getting when we win them. Um, so they got to develop that killer instinct, you know, and continue to work on that as, as they're going forward. You can't score and then give up two in the next minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, give up. Yeah, exactly. You can't you give up one and then find a way, you know, to respond and change the aperture of the game. So. October 30th, the Kraken head to Tampa Bay and take on the Lightning. Grubauer was in net. Dumoulin and Gord both tallied goals in the first period. Tampa comes back with one, but then before the period's over, Yamamoto gets one more to make it a 3-1 game, Kraken. Second period, Barbelay scored for the Lightning, and then Brandon Hagel gets one in the third, which brings us to three-on-three -three overtime, and who comes up the conquering hero? My man. Jared McCann. Pastor Canner. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. So once again, you know, I mean, similar the theme. The is huge, too, because that's that's a team right there. Yeah. So you hang your hat on that. And then, you know, like I said, there's Dumoulin again. His name's popping up. So yeah, he's he's, he's, he's coming on strong. Him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that he's can take points on. Yeah. Continued in the Nashville game the other night. Um, and I think this was the game, you know, and we mentioned it before, that that might be the stepping stone that this team needs. It was the most complete game that I've seen, uh, except for the first part of the game. <laughs> the Preds shut us out in that first road trip 3 to nothing, And this one started out pretty bad. Tolvanen got an early penalty, and then... The big cat knocked some guy's teeth out with a high stick and got a four-minute penalty, and they scored 
uh, on that long power play, and it could have spiraled, but Bjorkstrand, who's been red hot as well, goes bar down on a power play of his own, and then McCann scores on a breakaway with a dirty dish from Yanni, and they go up 2-1. But this game just yeah. felt different. They didn't ever, like, Nashville scored again, you know, in, in the second, but uh, Dumoulin comes through with a response goal in the most dangerous 90 seconds of hockey, Doug. There it is, yes. Uh, Finally, uh, it's in our favor. <laughs> yeah, when we score a response goal, that's a thing of beauty. And, and so Dumoulin, a player who is – Scored one goal all of last year and now has back-to-back games with a goal. So that's like cracking hockey right there. He's like streaking. People, he's streaking. People contributing. Um, and that goal would be enough to seal the deal. But uh, Vince Dunn added a butte in the third for insurance. And Groove played lights out at one point making like crazy split toe saves. Although he did get a pen- penalty for tripping, which was like his second of his career. Um, which he was like, oh, it's awkward when you don't have to go sit in the box. (laughs) But that was the most complete game I've seen them play. Little trouble with the penalties there. And, you know, on the road trip too, they allowed some power play goals. So they're going to have to button that down. Um, The power play or the the penalty kill has been really good. So they need to get back to that, but. They need to keep it tight. The power play, they had a couple power play goals. Yeah, the power... I, I the, saw a little success in the power play. For sure. It's coming on. Um, it's so, the penalty kill that I see. think, you know, they've allowed a lot of, a few goals in recent times. Right. So they need it to seems that like up. the penalty kill has slipped a little, but the yeah. power play has, has and, picked up a little. You know, so maybe some of that is due to Tanev being out because he is a huge penalty killer for us, you know? Energizer bunny yeah. out there. So and and you got the new guys with Devin Shore and, and Dumoulin and these guys coming in mixing in there, yeah. Right, mixing in there. The the chemistry isn't really what you know what it was at the end of last year. It's a little different now. So right. Well, those are the games. We sit where we sit, like Doug said, kind of middle of the pack, almost at five hundred, but. If Doug's right, which I hope not he is. Not a bad place to be. And we'll if we be. pick up a few more, we'll be looking good. Yeah. Well, and what, two, is it two or is Arizona in our division? I can never remember. It's at least two of those games. Three of three of the four are division games. So if we three win those, we're, we're sitting pretty, you know, m- moving up in the division a bit. Yeah, Arizona's in Central with St. Louis and that's Chicago what I thought. and Nashville and all those guys. So Colorado. So they're yeah, yeah. not not in Pacific. You're right. Gotcha. You're right. Three out of four are in our division. So if we can win those three, we could be Calgary, Edmonton. Colorado's not in our division. Colorado's not in our division. They're just a bitter rival at this point. So it's just two. But let's win just those. Just two. Just two. <laughs> but let's win those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, we better move on and catch up with things around the league. Uh, I think it starts with a a moment to acknowledge Adam Johnson. Uh, He was a 29-year-old from Minnesota, a former Pittsburgh Penguin, and he died in a game in the Elite Hockey League in England the other night. Took a skate to the neck, and despite some heroic efforts, uh, uh, efforts, from some players on the ice, he did perish. Um, so it's uh, 
it's a real bummer to see that happen. And some of the things that have happened because of it, and we can discuss it, but the police are investigating his death. So that tells you kind of where it's gone. But um, Well, it's kind of I mean, wild. he's a hockey player. He was playing hockey. There was, a, I mean, guys have taken the skates to the neck before. It's happened. I heard Will Borgen this actually has. He's this, got isn't, a scar. this isn't the first time. I mean, this has happened totally. Yeah. Uh, and they're talking about implementing net guards, safety precautions and stuff like that. We'll see how far that goes. Um, uh, TJ Oshie is wearing one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they're available. Players can wear them, but it's, I mean, personally, I think it's crazy that these guys are out there wearing visors. Right. Instead of full face masks. Instead of full face cages. Like, I mean, they wear the, mouth guards to protect their teeth or whatever but didn't help when adam larson hit somebody in the face with a stick the thing is like (laughs) and i mean there's a lot of guys that talk about how like the cages interfere interfere with your vision right but it i think that's bs i think it's like you protect yourself you know yeah, I, I I can see just fine with a full face cage, and I also know that I'm not going to take a puck to the mouth. Right now, the neck that under there, right there, that's that's a spot. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody donkey kicks backwards in some weird play. That sort of freak accidents can happen. Yeah, and that's what the team called it. Right, and I think know. that everybody everybody who. Um, Everybody who signs on to play a sport like this knows the risks. They all know the risks. Right. Right. I don't think that every time a tragedy happens, you have to, like, um, make a whole bunch of new rules to make sure nothing like that ever happens again. Yeah. Necessarily. You, yeah. I mean, you can certainly I think, I think overreact. Doing what you can, doing what you can to, like, you know, nip it in the bud and, and, and bring safety to the forefront and make sure everybody's aware, you know, bring awareness to that stuff. That's great. Yeah. But, but when you start changing the rules and forcing people to do all sorts of weird stuff, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could overreact and force people to do stuff. And I mean, they, they forced the visors a while ago. And the thing is, is they have to look at it from perspective of like, how does this look in the league? And it's just really brutal. I mean, the guy got I mean, his... yeah, yeah. I can't even... It's, it's hard for me to even think about. <laughs> yeah, it's, it would just be brutal to witness. And so the league, I think, is like, we can't... We don't want this happening on, yeah. on our ice here and have, you when know, 18,000 fans like, like, oh, God. <gasps> but you also, like you said, everybody knows the risk. They sign up for it. So I think you got to make those things available and... Uh, let the players decide if they're going to wear them or not at this point. I mean, you yeah. think about the rarity of these things occurring. The, the, yeah. The one Maybe other... you bring awareness to fans as well yeah. through some public service announcements like, hey, this sort of thing can happen. Right. Players can, you know, be injured on the ice. And so, so if you're bringing young children or whatever to the rink, they may see this. Right. Yeah. Right. Something yeah. like that. I think it would be just as good as changing the game, forcing people to wear neck guards or, or whatever the case may be. 
Yeah, the only thing I'll say about that is like, how much is a neck guard going to affect like players' ability to play? Like, just wear the neck. Like, if that is the thing, if they're like, we are mandating neck guards, I don't think it's a hill that the players want to die on. It's like, all right, just give me the 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 fabric. No, you're right. Absolutely. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, think of, but it, it happens in other places too. And they've tried, you know, no one's talking about that. Evander Kane missed a bunch of time last season because he got I cut on his I think I wrist. just read now, I don't, don't yeah. quote me on this, but I think I just read that the WHL is implementing net guards. Uh, yeah. So I read that too. So their idea is that you implement it down there. The players will get used to wearing them in that league and they'll just wear them when they come up. And then right. eventually everyone will be wearing them. We didn't wear helmets when I was a kid. And then and that's the like, thing, right? by the time they I was like 15, it, time. you know, it became all the rage. And then everybody's wearing Cars them didn't now. have seatbelts back in the day. You know, now right. they do. Yeah. Um, but you gotta, there's you gotta one, wear a helmet on your bicycle too. There's one other thing I think we got to address about this. And this is the, the player that was involved in this freak accident that, killed adam johnson he's been getting a lot of vitriol um some very racist comments and things like that and i think it's really kind of crazy how the internet has gotten and the vitriol for things that most people are posting about that were not there i honestly didn't watch the video because i didn't really want to see it but i can't it's a bang bang type of play and the idea that this guy intentionally like slashed some dude's throat with his skate is baffling crazy. Me. Yeah. And and just it's the crazy. fact that people who are not there and didn't witness feel like they can come out and say all sorts of nasty things about this guy. I s- mentioned in the first part, the police are investigating this, <laughs> this guy's death. Let them come out with their, uh, their findings. Don't need to go bashing people especially if you didn't witness it in the flesh like i think it's wild and even if you did you weren't there on the ice you don't know what it's like to play a game like it's a fast game like the thing is it's everything happens in a matter of split seconds yeah and you know the thing to me that doesn't help is you have like pundits in the media who have played the game and stuff coming out and saying it oh you never your skate should never be that high i think he did it not intentionally, but kind of on purpose. And you're like, dude, you're not helping anything. Like, I don't know what you're doing. No. So, it's just crazy to me. And I think it's it's wild and, and overblown. And that's, like, one of the negatives of, like, the environment we live in now with the internet where people just feel like they can go on and say whatever they want. Even though they didn't witness anything firsthand at all. Like, I, I don't see anybody from the teams coming out and being like, that guy was is dirty. You know, and he might have done it on purpose. If somebody from the teams was saying that, then I'd be like, okay, well, they were on the ice. So, you know, maybe we should right. listen to them. Right, and then you got average Joe out there just yeah. talking to Some guy in a booth it. somewhere who's like, oh, yeah, right. this is going to be a good soundbite. Out there stirring the pot. Yeah, so BS. But um, no. our thoughts go out to his family, and, you know, it's a tragedy, and I uh, hope everyone can move forward from it. And find peace. Me too. Okay, next we got uh, Joey Decord getting those three starts in a row on that road trip. Believe he was the starter for the Carolina game. 
What do you make I, of that? Do you think it's just hot hand or Axel I saying? Think, I honestly think so, too. I do. I think you're right. I think it's like you see Grubauer go out there in the start of the season, not play so hot in those first few games. Not getting the support he needed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, it's not even that Grubauer didn't play so hot. It's You're right. He didn't get the support. He just They just didn't really play as a unit. In front and they of lost. They didn't. They didn't bring home the wins, right? And so, yeah. like, they figured, let's switch things up and throw Joey Decord out there, and he's been on fire. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, they see they see him. They got the first win. He he lost a couple or whatever, but he right. brought a couple W's home. So. Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, you could be worried about uh, Grubauer, but he played the other night and played really well. But I think, you know. Whether it's motivation or just playing the hot hand. It's um, maybe a confidence builder from the office. They're just putting him in yeah. there saying, you know what, we're going to build you up. Right now, while while Grubauer needs a little rest, we'll put Decord out there, give him a little confidence booster. It's going to help yeah. us along the rest of the season. When and we if can he switch him out like that. plays that way, think about it. We could have you know well-rested goalie unit going into the playoffs. Yeah where Grubauer doesn't have to play 50 games in the season, you know? So I think it's a good thing. But Ford is looking good. He's got the eye of the tiger right yeah. now. You, you don't typically see a backup getting three starts in a row, so it's worth mentioning and monitoring, but I don't think it really means anything to me at this point. So I'm sure we'll see more of him throughout the season. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's playing lights out, so why not? That's it, for real. Uh, could turn into like a NFL situation where it's running back by committee, right? You got two guys who can do the job really well. So, okay. Next, how much do we miss Burakovsky? Ah, it's like he's so good. Yeah, you watch that guy play, and it's like another level. <laughs> yeah, his, like just his vision. I see him like. Pull the puck out of midair with the shaft of his stick, just like, papa. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And totally. moves like that where it's just like he comes in out of nowhere, pulls the puck around sideways, and makes a pass that is just unbelievable. Right? Yeah. Or or be right where he needs to be to, to make the snipe. It's He's so good. It sucks so much seeing him get hurt. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know – if I'm being honest, he probably didn't have the start of the season that he wanted. And he looked, you know, they're trying to find chemistry and move in lines. And he looked flustered at points. And then to have him just, you know, on that freak hit, that boarding, you know, break his wrist, which is what I personally think happened. No one's talking. But when I saw the hit, uh, when I was watching the game, it looked like he was favoring his his hand there. But, you know. It just means that, you know, he's going to have to work his way back and then build up that confidence and get that momentum going from scratch again. You know what I mean? So, But you're right. Yep. I mean, he's on another level when he's on it. So um, it's great that other people are stepping up and, and filling the void, but it'd be nice to get him back as soon as possible. Definitely. How about Beneers without a goal? Yeah. Yeah. Is it time to panic, Doug? I mean, I've been worried. I've been worried all season long so far watching him. I mean, he's playing hard. You could tell he's, you know, he's aggressive. It's not for a lack of trying. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what my wife said. 
She said that he just needs one goal and then he'll be on fire. And I and I tried to think about it, you know, from a different perspective. Like, it's he's he's young. He's really young, and this is the first like dry spell of his career. And he's hit a few posts, and you can tell there's a little bit of frustration. But he's a 200 foot hockey player, and none of that is really going away. He's he's had some beautiful assists. He just hasn't found the back of the net yet. Um, I'll start panicking if we get to the end of November and he hasn't scored. Then I'll be like, all right, we something's something's going on. We need to get this boy a goal. Um, but right now I see somebody, like you said, who's working really hard and he just needs to find that space. And I think, you know, it would be nice if he could just get a goal and not deal with like the yips. But the longer it goes to me, the more it maybe gets in his head. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got to he's got to turn the corner. He's yeah, he's got to so, break out. He's got to break out from that. You know, first drought in his young career, but I think he'll get through it. Um, so, and I think I think right now is the perfect time for that because last year it was like there had to be a lot of pressure being the rookie year. Yeah. Everybody's leaning on you, expecting you to be that great Olympian, right? Yep, medalist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. sure <laughs> I, di- I didn't say gold. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so like coming into the second season for him, it's the third season for the team. He's won the Calder Cup. He showed what he can do in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and, and now, you know, everybody's, I, I think you're seeing a little bit of, uh, uh, retribution from other players that, you know, when they're playing against them, they know to step it up a little more, and that's what it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see how it progresses, and if so, we, if we have to it revisit it, we will. Okay, Doug. Last episode, we had a What the Puck segment about the use of Pride Tape. Well, the league has walked back their stance on Pride Tape. Yay! Of course they did. Yeah. Look at these. Travis Dermont of the Arizona Coyotes defied the order really quickly. I think in like the first three games, four games, and he wore pride tape on like up near the top of his stick. Um, Just like three wraps or something like that. Um, But it was enough to pressure the league. Like, you know, somebody got a picture of it. And then he openly admitted it. And I'm sure there was a lot of pressure from other people uh, on the league. And that was enough for them to walk back their decision and, and say, you know, players want to use pride tape. They can use pride tape. So didn't last very long. And once again, it makes the league look like idiots. Why go through all of that, all that negativity, just to get to a place where you're like, we're right back where we started. You know, where it should be. We'll let players decide what they want to do. So, a little ridiculous. But here we are with Gary Bettman. In this crazy world with Gary Bettman. Weekend at Bernie's with Gary Bettman. I mean, not much more to say about that. But, uh, of course, cheers to Travis Dermott for, you know, going out there and doing that. Seems wild. Definitely you know, someone, someone had to do it. McDavid, you know, was verbally like saying that it, it was a bad idea and coming out and saying that, but 
You know, it didn't take like a huge star in the league, you know, like uh, McKinnon or McDavid or whoever to come out and do it. Just Travis Dermont, who's now a star in the league in my book. Um, Me too. Perfect. So. Heck yeah. All right. All right. Let's end it on a on a bit of a higher note. Ottawa Senators forward Shane Pinto suspended 41 games for sports gambling. Yeah, it reminds me of Evander Kane. Our yeah. buddy. Our our good old friend of the show, Evander Kane. Um gotta, gotta love him. Yeah, I mean sports gambling's been a big thing in the last in the last year or so. You'd notice a lot more commercials for that on the TV when you're watching sports. Any sport. Football, basketball, hockey, whatever right. it is. Well, they called it sports gambling, but if you think about it, Evander Kane was betting on games, wasn't he? Oh, it was he was accused by his ex wife. That's right. They never found it, but I think this dude, I think Shane Pinto was betting on hockey. I'm sure there's tons of guys that are doing it. Come on. Well, hope they don't get caught. I hope they don't get caught. It's an interesting (laughs) dichotomy to look at because you have this kid, Shane Pinto, gets, you know, suspended for 41 games for doing what maybe a bunch of people are doing as some sort of weird warning. But then you have a league that can't even, like, go after the Chicago Blackhawks for, you know, protecting a rapist. And and even, like, Hockey Canada, uh, it's the same sort of thing. They have a bunch of problems uh, with the same sort of stuff. And they're like, well, sweep that under the rug. But they'll go after Shane Pinto. So, And, of course, then you have, like, you know betting sponsors sports books that are sponsors of the yeah NHL. i mean the commercials are so all the time it's like you know i know the rules are rules are rules and all that but it's like just a weird if you're if if you're a professional athlete you know what you're getting into yeah so it's like it's like i feel like you should be having these conversations about you know if if it's you know my my other friend has a gambling problem with sports games. He has to gamble on every game he watches. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a problem that, like, you know, we have to have an intervention for or whatever. But if you're a professional athlete and you play for a professional team, you can't do that. Right. Right? Totally. I mean, you can't, you can't gamble on any sports. Get out of here with all that. I don't think... I don't think you should be able to gamble on any sports because you're a professional athlete. You're making millions, okay, hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars. On a sport, yeah. You, you, you represent your team, you represent your league, you represent your organization, right? So, like, you believe me, these guys know what the rules are. Yeah. They've got, they've got agents, people who explain to them, like they're five years old, what they can and can't do. So if they get caught breaking the rules, they get caught. It's like, you know, Lance Armstrong goes years without, you know, getting caught. And then he gets caught. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to come down the pipe, right? Right. Well. So. Let's just shut her down right there. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> one for the sports books. Okay, yeah. well, let's get out of here and let's go cracking. 
Our intro music is by the Zambonis, and our outro music is by Stompin' Tom Connors. We would love to hear from you, so tweet us at Kraken Captains. If you listen to this podcast and you like it, tell your friends. Give us a like on Spotify or wherever you listen. Follow us on social media and shout us out. And keep your heads up, because another episode is coming Real, Real soon. soon. It's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is...